Okay, so um, good evening, everyone. My name is Felicia, aka. And today I have my friend in the building with me, and his name is Taufik. Please kindly reintroduce yourself, sir. Okay, my name is Taufik, student of the University of Abuja, Faculty of Management Science, the student leader. In the faculty, so let me just let into introduction. Thank you so very much. This is like the first time I'm having to do this with a second person, and I really want to appreciate you, even though it was impromptu. You showed up. Thank you so much. So, um, very quickly, guys, we are going to be discussing very briefly on two minutes to be discussing about the empathy of education. Now, between the poor and the rich, you know, this we have and so we shall be discussing about how these two classes cope with education in Nigeria. So, and um, because I have a guest in the house, he's going to be um, answering most of the questions. And I'm super excited to have all of you here. And I hope that some way, somehow, you get to learn a thing or two about your country, Nigeria, and about the classes of people who live here in Nigeria. So, um, my first question to you, Mr. Taufik, I did like to ask if you feel that um, the poor class and the rich class in Nigeria have equal access to educational system in the country. No, I say the poor class and the rich class don't have equal access to the same educational system in the country. And although even Nigeria as a case study, I'll say yeah. not just in Nigeria we are rich and we are poor. There's another class in Nigeria okay. that we refer to as the middle class. And if you want to trace back the education system, let's just before let's just omit the issue and let's look at it from this angle from the post-pandemic and the, I don't know if to say post-pandemic, but let's just say before pandemic, let's look at the way education is before pandemic. That means here in Nigeria, you know, we run a manual system of education. Yeah. Everything we see to us to do with this chalkboard stuff. And during the pandemic, we have to start learning to move to the digital angle of it, where we have to learn to use Google Classroom, we have to learn to use Zoom and other stuff. But looking at the rich and the poor. One fact we have to explain to each other is that this good education, I mean standard education is expensive. Yeah. The poor, by saying by saying the poor, according to the United Nations standard definition of the poor, that means people who live below one dollar per day. Yeah. A huge percentage, I don't know the exact percentage right now, but a huge percentage of Nigerians live below one dollar per day. Mm. So you can't expect that someone living below one dollar per day to have access to a laptop that they will use for digital 
learning. You can expect them to have access to Wi-Fi that they will use to connect to their teacher. You can expect them to have, even they have to, you know, for you to learn, you have to be in a conducive environment. Yeah. But the poor in this country, we live in a in slum area. We live in here that they are not even conducive for learning. Unlike the rich, you know, the rich, they have this, the rich can still maneuver their ways to get um, good education. So I, I would say the education system is, for now, the education system in Nigeria is not favorable to the poor. And there is that apathy right now within the rich and the poor. Let's use the tertiary education as an example. While during the, during the COVID break, we have schools like Confederate University yeah. that they did examination for their students yeah. online. Yeah. They also did convocation for their students online. But in my school now, the University of Abuja, during the break now, there's nothing, no education, no educational activities was going on. So everything was just paralyzed. So let's just, so that alone is an example of the apathy, the educational apathy within the rich and the poor. In Nigeria. Well, that's a very good one. So um, I was going to say, using the, the pandemic of 2020, which everybody never saw coming, but then it showed up, and using that as a case study, and seeing how far the students are, uh, you know, were left behind, you know, because of um, the pandemic and then um, the ASU strike, would you possibly say that when two elephants are fighting, the grass suffers? Is that the case? Yeah, definitely. When two elephants fight, the grass suffers. ASU was on strike for, I think, eight to nine months. Yes, approximately. When they approximately, let's say approximately nine months. Okay. They didn't do any, you know, lecturers, they have three major functions, which is to teach, to research, and to do some community development projects. Mm -hmm. But during that, it's during that approximately nine months, no teaching activities, no research activities. And these people, government still pay them their nine month salary. So that means wow. practice that they didn't lose anything. Wow. For students now, students have nine months is just one academic session. Of so students lost a whole academic session. So let's say the elephant, we have to, the elephant, um, ASU and the, the government and the grass, the students, so and the students are the ones that suffer it. So yeah, that's absolutely. The strike is not favorable to students at all. Yeah. So, in your own um, view, is it proper that the school, the whole section is being rushed in 2020 at the expense of the students' performances? No, I'll say one thing, one thing is this that to me, I, my own, my, going by my own view, I think they should have even cancelled the whole academic session instead of trying to rush because. What now? Now you talk from HR. Yeah. They tell you that okay, Nigerian universities graduate, they are not that qualified. They have to train them and all sort of that. But why are you rushing students? Why can't you just calm down and train students? Let them know the basis of the course they are studying instead of just rushing them and doing a whole academic, a whole semester in just two to just five to six or five to eight weeks. That doesn't make sense. But here we are, here we are today. They are just rushing everything and trying to make sure that they cover up for everything. And 
that's that's a huge thing. Oh, yes, that's that's so um so in your own view, it's it's it is really wrong that the whole economic section has been you know rushed, and then and you know at the expense of students' performances in their exams, and so um. So a few days ago, yeah, I actually had some conversations with some students, and um, somebody said something like, lecturers are coming for classes during this section, the first semester of this section, which is the first half of the section, and having them write exams outside the original notes. Is that the case in virtually all schools in the country? I think this issue of lecturers setting exams that outside their syllabus or outside what the first students knowing about their own life. And yeah. going by my own view of how the education system works, because student pay is not see they are just there. Student pay is the community students. And also they also have you know they do not want in the special education, teachers are answerable to their head of department. So, if a lecturer said the question outside what he taught the student, he doesn't have the right to ban complete to the head of department that so, Mr. So, so, so didn't teach us. And here we are today, the exam will be the this question, even if it is composed without teaching. But, we are always scared. Instead of us to just walk to our lecturer, walk to the actual department and explain to the other department, students feel like, okay, if I explain now, they will start with my don't care. So students just feel like, okay, let's just do it and let's just pray. Lecturers to set the question outside the syllabus for students, maybe to discipline students or, or any other thing. As students have their right to question lecturer that, sir, this is our syllabus. You gave us this course outline. Why are you setting questions outside the syllabus? Why are you setting questions that you didn't teach us? Why, why, why are we doing exams? That education should be education is doing it, not punishment. You don't have to punish students in school. So my own on the issue of lecturer setting yeah. questions is that students should also know their right. They should also know that if you see a question that that this question, if this question is out of your report to your head of department. Wow. Okay, looks like we're having a very bad network connection. Yeah, maybe from your side, right? Mm, probably. So, um, I want to say a very big thank you for being here. Oh, I really, really do appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm hoping that we could do, yes, I'm hoping we could do this a lot. Thank you so very much. I really do yeah, appreciate you. Do have a good day. Yeah, you too.